Hi, and welcome to the Courtney Turner Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney, and I'm super passionate about moving and thinking. On this show, we are going to dive into all things health, fitness, personal development, lifestyle, and political sociocultural. I've always been fascinated by people, and I love learning from the experiences and stories of others. This has been a treat for me, and I hope this is enjoyable and useful for you. As always, if you have any questions, comments, or any way that I can make this a better experience for you, please don't hesitate to reach out. I'm so excited to have you here. so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Yes. So I want you, we, the listeners, we met like, was it a year ago now? A year ago, a little over a year okay. ago. Yeah, you were visiting. You didn't live here. I didn't live here. Yeah. yeah. We did a workout and then we did a like lifting session yep. afterwards. Yeah. So, it's so exciting that you're here and yes. possibly staying yes. here for definite time. So, so tell us a little bit about like your your story. Like, how did you get into fitness? Mm. Like, what were you doing before? Was this always part of your life? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, I always say I've always been attracted to movement to some capacity. My mom put us in dance when we were really young. Oh, yeah. Um we lived a really great active childhood. Um, and then once like grade school hit, I got right into sports at a young age. Okay. So basketball, volleyball, softball, um, high school basketball then, um, and did some intramurals in college. And then it was really during my like early twenties where I'm sure so many people go through this, where you're kind of out there on your own for the first time. And like, okay, I've had this structure my whole life, but now I'm, I have my cor- new corporate job and now I really have to be disciplined about what I'm doing and it's not mm-hmm. so um, set up for me. Right. So early twenties, um, I really started to just tap into different things. So that mm-hmm. was when like hit workouts became popular and um, I ran a lot in my mid twenties too, which is um, a story I'd love to share at some yeah. point throughout this conversation. Um, Cause it was a very pivotal moment that created a lot of how I look at movement now. So oh, okay. um, just started discovering new ways of moving. Running was always something that I kind of leaned on, um, okay. not doing so much distant in my early younger years when I ran cross country, but this right. was when I wanted to start training for a half marathon. Okay. So at about 20, 20- I do that in my mid twenties too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'd be like, how far can I push myself? Right. And, and so this was my first kind of um, moment that I recall that I wanted to, to really go after something big and competitively. So yeah. I started training for a half and I, when I really want to do something really good, mm-hmm. I really am all in. Yeah. So I'm like, I love the training aspect of it. I love the discipline of it. That was totally. like the structure that I had always been used to kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, I had, I started to get this pain in the left side. Mm-hmm. So, um, I thought it was a hip flexor pull at first. Oh, yeah. And imagine if you're, you've overstretched something, maybe you tried a new workout move and there's just some uncomfortable things that happen to your body when you're doing something yeah. new. So I just kind of ignored it. And I just, right. even though it's like, that was the, my body's indication of saying, oh my gosh, like something's going on. Why right. don't you look at me body? Yeah. Like you got to check this out. So I just ignored it, kept running. Um, and it went on for a couple of weeks and I was okay. like, okay, I think it's time to check this out. Um, Ended up going to the doctor to get an MRI and he came back and said that it was a femoral neck stress fracture, which could not be picked up on an Um, X-ray. They actually, even before the MRI, they did a little PT work on it, moving it around, which was ultimately like probably hurting it even more. So, oh so I got the MRI back and the doctor, I remember I was at work and I got the call. He's like, um, you'll have to get surgery and if be careful, um, if you fall, you'll, you might break your hip. And this is me at 25 years old. It was that, that severe. Wow. So it was like a stress fracture and you can get them anywhere in your body where you have really? bones. So like sure. it starts as like a little crack in your bone mm-hmm. and it just kind of expands like a crack in a windshield. 
<laughs> but that created like a lot of pressure. There's a yeah. lot of inflammation. My leg was like starting to swell up because it was getting so bad. Yeah. Um, but I ended up um, going home to Columbus, Ohio for surgery. And it was a surgery. I have three pins in my left um, femoral neck. And um, now Do you still have those pins. Still, still have them in. Oh wow! Yeah, so stainless steel pins yeah. on the left side forever, um, and it doesn't cause me any pain now at okay. all. Um, but that really great. opened the doors to set the foundation of you can't just do one thing of that one kind of movement. Right. It's time to find strength in other ways. So it really was the beginning of like everything after that and leading up to it now like your journey it was beginning, beginning of my of movement, movement journey, journey. Yeah. yeah um so at the time mm-hmm. you were you were working like a corporate job yeah okay what were you doing job i was working in new york actually it's okay. all in new york i'm from columbus ohio but right. moved to new york right after college and um i was working at, at the time it was a startup um tech firm so okay. i was working um in hr and you know getting used to the new york hustle bustle totally. and everything so um that's what i was doing at the time and okay. just trying to find my way as a young professional in the big right. city girl from midwest like right. trying to live the big life and do it all so totally. i lived in new york for all of my 20s yes. so yeah yes so. and i love that yeah you too yeah it's like something too. about it just wanting to um, always be like pushing boundaries a little bit, right. <laughs> you know, yeah, there's, totally. there's something out and here. It's a very fast paced lifestyle. So like was running for you at that time, was it just like the thing you felt like you needed a physical release and it was like mm. your go-to and mm. was that what it was for you? Yeah, or? it was. Okay. And so I'd always, um, my dad ran as okay. we, we ran with him growing up. So yeah. you kind of have these memories of that. Yeah. Um, I was also trying to find some kind of movement. I was in a four-year relationship at the time um, and he was not active. He was not into anything fitness related. I mean, we really lived the party life um, for lack of a better way to say it. New York City, your 20s, yeah, totally. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, you get it. You get me. So we did a promoter. I know all about it. (laughs) Well, he was best friends with promoters. Okay, yeah, yeah. So you know. (laughs) So we lived a similar life. So I was always trying a way, trying to find a way to balance that. I'm like, I, I know I feel good when I'm active. So Mm -hmm. let me just run my face off because that's all I knew, you know, and I would try classes. I would try classes in New York. We belonged to a gym. I got a trainer because I did a little bit of weightlifting stuff. Um, it was a release because the relationship also was, um, turning to be pretty terrible. So (laughs) it was, um, Yeah, it it ended up being very toxic relationship. So um, he, um, you know, deep down caused me a lot of stress. So I wanted to try and hang on to my roots as best I could. So I think that also kind of pushed me to find, try and find some kind of like positive outlet that made me feel good. And in the meantime, in the background where I was living with him, um, it just wasn't a thriving environment for me in the end. So Yeah. Gotcha. Mm. Yeah. So you said that that having the injury kind of opened the door to explore other things. How did mm. that journey, like how did that begin? Yeah. So, um, the, so had the injury recovered from the injury, which this stress fracture, I had the surgery. I think I was on crutches. I was on like a non-bearing, non-weight bearing plan for like eight weeks or so. So I couldn't put any weight on it while it was healing. So I healed at home in Columbus, Ohio. Um, but I remember I did, I was on like, uh, one of those, um, um, disability plans. Oh, okay. They, I, wow. luckily, luckily it's like the time of like, you're so grateful that you set yourself up with insurance and yeah. a good stable job during these times. Yeah. Um, so I had time off. I think it was, I think it was like up to 10 weeks or something like Amazing. that. Okay. So it was a long time and I felt good about that, but, um, I was in Columbus and I remember at the time I just, um, I had to be sitting there. So it mm-hmm. caused me to slow down for like the first time ever, especially living that hustle bustle life. And, um, so I remember even like going on walks, like on my crutches, like Mm -hmm. being like, 
okay, this is my pace now. So I got to get used to it. And that you take in surroundings differently when you're slow down, you know, if you are on a leisurely walk on the beach or, you know, in a new city, you just look at things way differently and you're kind of forced to. Um, But I remember even, so that caused me to think a little bit differently. And then I remember doing things like I could do things from like the waist up. So I was doing like crunches and things like that, just arm stuff, however I could. I remember I could, that was, you know, non-weight bearing stuff. So I remember always wanting to move my body. Um, (laughs) But it really, after I healed, you know, I couldn't go right back to running. So what was I going to do? Um, it was, then I discovered, um, Pilates. So I started getting kind of into Pilates classes, um, and saw really amazing results from really switching it up. And then after that, I started taking some yoga classes. So that was like my first introduction into the yoga world and, Mm -hmm. and the breathing and how calming it can be and beneficial. Um, still wasn't fully on board with yoga yet, because I think I was still in this, like, must do this aggressive style, but I started just to invite those practices in to explore them a little bit when I was in New York. And then, um, I moved to back to Columbus when I was like 28. So a few years after the injury, a few years after I stayed in New York, just to like, you know, finish things up, whatever, you know, things I had going on there, I still had a really good job at the time. And then, um, I moved back to Columbus and that, and I moved into an apartment right above a yoga studio. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, okay, here's my so opportunity. I was like, I was like, dive in, dive yeah. in. But it was like a lot going, there's a lot going on on that move back to Columbus too, where um, still, as we are all still always trying to discover ourselves, I was yeah. really in a point of like, I am moving back from New York, the place that I thought that I would stay for forever, you know, in that young mindset of like, not wanting to kind of go back, take steps back. But that's what I was doing. And it was for for a really good reason, I think, too, because the boyfriend and I ended up breaking up. Um, I was just trying my hardest. I was grinding my wheels in New York, trying to make something work for me. And I was just like, there was something speaking to me then I was like, I think it's, this is my time and something's calling me to just go back home for right now to heal even more from the toxic relationship and then just trying to find myself a little bit more. So it was kind of funny that I landed an apartment above a yoga studio that I started going to right away. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Something very uh, auspicious yeah. about that. Yeah. So um, started going to yoga mo- like most days of the week. Okay. And I even took breaks from like... Um, going to the hit classes that I was going to at the time and just was really finding myself um, in different kinds of movement and strength with the yoga stuff. And what did you notice like was different? Like Mm. physically, emotionally, like how was the, what what changes did you see from doing yoga versus like the hit? Yeah, I think um, the biggest thing in thinking back was that I went into yoga at first because it's movement of my body. I love that. So how, but it was the approach I took at the beginning that is so drastically different now in the reasons why mm-hmm. I do yoga. Right. So I go into yoga for the, you know, the first couple of months being like, okay, I'm going to master every move. Uh-huh. I'm going to make sure I'm holding this longer than my neighbor. I'm going <laughs> yeah. to, you know, do it to the, try my absolute best max effort it's, yoga it's class. A, I, I feel like everybody does this, right? Like you go into yoga and you're like, I'm going to be the best yogi. And like, it's the, literally the antithesis of the definition of yoga. Yes. You know, so yes, it's so ironic, but, it's I, so... but I feel like everybody does. I don't want to say everyone, but like most people, I think they go into yoga and that's the mindset it or totally they go is. in, they're like, I'm going to get really flexy. Like, <laughs> and I actually even did that. I went into my yoga teacher training thinking like really need to work on my flexibility. Totally. <laughs> like this is going to help. Totally. Didn't help at all, by the way. Oh my gosh. Like, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, yeah, I want to impress the teacher. I want to be the teacher's like yeah. teacher's pet. Um, but in the end, isn't that all of our ego talking to us when yes. we go into these situations? Totally. And you don't realize that when you're in it, which yeah. is why the whole thinking back to that, it, it's so rewarding to look back at the progress yeah. um, through the yoga journey. That's the yoga journey's never ending. I used to want to master it all. Yeah. Um, and I still do have that 
personality about me. Mm -hmm. I love to reach new heights, which is a big theme of what I'm building now in my, um, new business and everything. But, um, it required me to slow down, to start to listen to the thoughts in my head that like I never had before, you know, like when you're feeling stressed, when you feel like some traumatic events have happened in the past, um, Mm -hmm. we are all really good at, at, taking action, doing, 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 but Mm -hmm. I never was in that being state before like I was. So this required me to come to stillness, which is like what I hold so valuable right now. And um, some amazing yoga instructors that I actually saw recently here in San Diego a few weeks ago were some of my first yoga instructors. So inspiring. And so I was able to connect with them now, which was really powerful to see them at at this stage versus when I started yoga five or six years ago. Um, but I've had moments of tears and, and for the first time, like how, how, I think that was the most impactful thing. Like what about this yoga scene is making me emotional. So right. I like, I knew it was triggering something to, yeah. to work through. So that kept me coming back. Um, and then I started, um, I have a question for you. Yeah. yeah. I feel like a lot of people, a lot of people would probably think like, well, you know, if you had this kind of emotional reaction, why don't you just do like therapy or Mm, like journal or, you know, like why a, I mean, I know obviously yoga is a mind body practice. Mm. It's not just a physical practice, but it is a physical practice as well. So why choose like a physical practice to work through an emotional or spiritual Mm, journey? Amazing question. (laughs) Um, I could probably talk for a while about that, but um, we hold a lot of stress in our bodies. We hold a a lot in our joints, in our bones. I mean, notice in your muscles and your fascia. Notice like as you're sitting there, anybody mm-hmm. listening right now, as you're sitting there right now, like if you just sit still for a second, take an inhale in and then exhale out. Notice like your shoulders drop away from your ears, down your back, and you're grounded finally, right? Yeah. You can be, you can come into such a still place um, through recognizing that first grounding, but also um, you notice where you're holding tension, which is why movement is so powerful to work it out of your body, like to um, move fluidly and slowly on certain days. But then if you want like an aggressive, like crazy workout, we do that together. You need that. (laughs) But any movement is beautiful. Taking walks um, Mm -hmm. are really powerful as well. requires you to just be outside in nature, which Mm -hmm. I think um, is just such a healing, healing practice that we don't take advantage of as much. Yeah, and walking actually reduces cortisol, uh, which is really amazing. Not Mm. like power walking, but just like strolling and yeah. Yeah, we all want to do the things that are like the power. Like Mm -hmm. that word is so like everywhere right now. It's blowing up. It's like power walking, power yoga, um, power bowls that you get at places. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, yeah. Girl power. Um, girl power. Yeah. Um, but I love all that stuff. I'm just, sure. I'm just kind of talking in terms of like um, moving well, your body yeah. slowly is a powerful thing because um, you can tap into all That's of the zone power. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's zone power. Yeah. You're tapping into a different side of your powers by moving slowly and listening to your body and grounding yourself. Um, not holding so much up here, like in your head kind of thing, right. which we do so well. We all are thinkers. We, we've talked about this. You yes. have so many thoughts that come into your head. I think it's like what, 80,000 thoughts a day, yeah. like, like probably like 95% of those, maybe 99. I don't even know the, the, um, I, I, it's really high yeah. that, that are negative, like don't mean anything. Yes. It's like the yes. ones that come in. It's over 90%. Yeah. So like, it's just one of those things where I think movement for me, um, helps me get the negativity out of my body and out of my head so that I can like find clarity and formulate things that are the, that are meant for me. Right. So that's my, one of my answers on that. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. (laughs) So you went from yoga and you were kind of really immersed in that. Immersed in yoga became a teacher, um, 
shortly after that. So I did kind of a, a two year um, program to become a yoga instructor oh, wow. um, where I went away to Belize for my first 100 hour course. So it was oh, a yeah. week long intensive out in Belize, which was so amazing. Was Just being breathtaking. I've never been, I've seen pictures. Yeah. So it was so remote. And okay. then you're like taking like the plane to the bus, to the boat, to the boat, to the butt. Like you're like all these, all these modes of transportation to finally get there. Right. And then we get there and we're in this beautiful um, bungalow situation. And I was okay. just like, oh my gosh. And then you um, throughout the week, we did yoga on this big, like covered um, like platform dock and uh-huh. the ocean surrounding us and just the healing waves yeah. throughout the, the week. It was so, so cool. Amazing. <laughs> so cool. And then the next year, so then I took my 100, um, I was teaching at the time. And then my second 200 was the next year, or my second 100 course to complete the 200 was the following year in Tulum, Mexico, Okay. which another magical place, yeah, um, even bet. more powerful than the first training that I did. So yeah, it was so cool. And you, and as you teach, as you know, this, you kind of come into yourself in a different way. Totally. So even in, in, in looking at those two experiences of training, I was very, um, I saw myself differently within those, like mm-hmm. the, um, just the different, I guess I'm immersed in a different way in both sure. situations. Like the second time I was like, really focused. And actually I went in wanting to be even more vulnerable mm-hmm. in teacher training and like practice teaching than I was in the first year. Mm-hmm. Um, so tapping into like that scary place is what becoming a teacher is yeah. to be an effective yoga teacher to inspire. You got to like really pull on your own heartstrings, like as much as you can to get that stuff out. So it was a powerful time. That's, that's interesting. So you, you, you talk about like vulnerability and you think that's mm-hmm. part of being a powerful teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't disagree, but I would think teacher is also in a lot of ways a leader mm-hmm. and there need to be boundaries, right? Totally. So was that like a process you had to discover? It's still a process. <laughs> sure. For sure. sure. Yeah. Um, my biggest... Um, going back to kind of the ego thing with becoming a teacher, you think you, even after training, you think you know it all, right? Uh Or during training, you think you know it all, but it's really when you're in front of your students and with your students that you learn the most. Um, But I learned through teaching that teaching um, isn't supposed to be perfect either. And that's kind of where the vulnerability comes into play and how to like work through that. Um, I really feel like Um, the second I would walk into a class Mm -hmm. having things like too planned out, um, too, to the script, Uh um, too well thought out, which I'm so good at doing, Mm -hmm. going into those classes with that mindset versus going in having maybe a game plan, you have a good playlist, but you walk into it differently and kind of like feel out the class first Mm -hmm who's in your class? What's the vibe of this room right now? Um, I think I know what I want to do with moves, but how are these people feeling? And then as I'm looking at people, like, how are they moving? Can they, do they need this longer hold here? Or do I need to pull back because there's some beginners, but um, the vulnerability piece for me is going into it, trusting versus having things planned out. Right. Um, which is really hard to do. And the vulnerability is also in like me um, trusting myself mm-hmm. to say, Kat, you're okay. Like uh-huh. you've gone through training. You read this stuff all the time. Right. You have great people around you. You've done everything you can to execute this class just as it needs to be. Right. So walking into, you know, and trusting that um, versus before where I just wanted to control. I was, I'm more in this place of like, I want to step into this um, with less control, feeling out the room and allowing more Mm -hmm. good things to happen. You know, how we want to just like control everything. Yeah, totally. Well, I think it's the same thing. It's a very similar thing to what you're saying about like going into yoga, like I'm going to master it. I'm going to do this move perfectly. Mm. You know, I'm going to, be better than everybody else in the room. Yeah. Um, and that's a, that's a very similar thing you're talking about with the teachings. Mm. So both of them are mm. like trusting that you are where you are. Yeah. You know, and that like, that's part of the process. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And I think we all want to be like 
in a certain place in our lives. But the second that I, I realized that that's what I needed to do for myself, I keep going back to that when I'm ever stressed out, if I'm ever trying to control a conversation or mm-hmm. a class or a project, like mm-hmm. I need to open it up a little bit and like let these things in, you know, I'd rather, right. I have the best ideas and inspiration and creativity when I'm not so like, putting pressure on the outcome. Yes. No, that's super powerful. Do you feel like that's t- carried through with you to other areas of your life? Like that's a, yeah. Yeah. I think, um, with kind of in this discovery now with, um, I've worked in the corporate world my whole life. Yeah. Everything's been very planned out and sure. I've learned a lot of amazing skill sets working in the corporate world, going into an office setting, mm-hmm. looking professional, buttoned up, yeah. answering and reporting to um, you know, a, a VP mm-hmm. um, and just having to, they want to know what you're doing at all times, right? right. So yeah. now in this phase of, in this new discovery, um, for the time being, I'm in this phase of building my own fitness business. Yeah. And amazing. yes. And so I'm taking a little mini break from the corporate world. I, I might go back to it someday, okay. but, um, as of right now in building a business, I think all of these qualities come into this moment because totally. I want my business as well as I'm sure you feel this too. Mm-hmm. Like, don't you want others to be inspired first and to be like my best self? I need that clarity. And so I keep tapping into that vulnerability with my story writing and I can't write when I'm under pressure, like too much. I know there's deadlines and things, but like, if I just am like in my flow, balancing like the inspiration versus productivity it's a really like it's like a seesaw (laughs) it is such a seesaw and yeah and you have to be disciplined which is the thing and like I teach my clients right now that of course we want to um you know have whatever goal and outcome that it is Mm -hmm. um and the ultimate outcome is for you to find ease in your life with your lifestyle with these health habits that we're implementing into your life, but that means discipline too. You need to have the discipline um, and you need to be assertive. Um, Kind of going back to your question about like, how do you, how are you vulnerable, but Mm -hmm. how are you a leader and a teacher and holding yourself together like that? There is a balance, but there's a way to have both. Um, And it's, it's about balance. And I know we, we hear that a lot, but there's, you have to find that little, that little flow and balance within yourself because everybody's different in all of that. Totally. Yeah. And each situation will be different. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about your business. Yeah. Like, ah! It's super exciting to me yeah. because I remember when we first met and you were really just starting. Yes. You're still working in corporate. Yeah. That's why you were visiting. Yes. And uh, you started with this, uh, oh, what was it? Fly, uh, fit, fit on the fly. Fit on the fly. And I honestly, I love that. I um, love where you're going with it now too. Sore is awesome yeah. too. Um, that's also a really cool yes. thing about like entrepreneurial ventures is watching that evolution totally. journey. Um, but I want to ask you a little bit about like, so you started with this kind of, it was really like an adjunct to your corporate life because yes. you were traveling so much. Yes. And so, uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah. it almost seems like it was like this, uh, you know, personally gratifying there's a way for you to tap into you know, finding like mindful living and healthy lifestyle while you're on the go. Um, And then to be able to inspire others that they can do that Mm. too. Because a lot of people, you know, that can be very stressful. Traveling is stressful. You know, corporate life can be very stressful. Mm. Um, So finding the balance with that. And then uh, the lockdown happened, (laughs) right? The lockdown. (laughs) The lockdown. And so uh, I want to hear a little bit about your transition with that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So it started, like you said, I was working in corporate and Mm -hmm. I was always trying to find the balance back Mm -hmm. to that word again of working the corporate world, traveling a lot, loving every corporate event I went to every, Mm -hmm. every project I was put on, I was coming, um, um, into these, just wanting to do it all there and really do a really good job. But I also love my fitness life at home. And I loved Mm -hmm. my routine at home and getting up for classes in the morning and feeling strong and then going into the office. So I found myself, it was like, I, I, for the first like six months of this role, I found myself like, oh my gosh, I can't balance it all. I don't know how to do it, Mm -hmm. but I 
I kind of hit that rock bottom point with it all, you know, when you just feel like when we're so in our routines and then some kind of interrupter happens, there's like a little bit of a growing pains period. So I feel like I went through that. And then I was like, you know what I'm going to do is just start showing this more on social media, there's my struggles with it. Ah. And then taping my workouts, sharing my workouts. So it kind of started there and trying to come up with um, a system for myself, trying to come up with like thinking along the lines of um, you can be fit wherever you are, you know, not just in the comfort of your home and your routine. And that is more challenging. Yeah. I want to touch on this a little bit. You said you just started by sharing your experience was yeah what prompted that because was it like cathartic for you to share it with others Mm -hmm. or did you was it intentional did you want to inspire others yeah you think oh if I'm struggling what what, yeah I would think you know a lot of times when we struggle I mean everybody has their different way of coping but like I can think for me the last thing I would think is oh I want to share this yeah (laughs) I know I just go back to if I'm experiencing this, someone else has to be, or how can I stay connected to my friends back at home in, in their classes? How can I keep up with them while I'm on the road? I can be just as competitive with them where I would sometimes even do the workouts that our gym was programming and do them on the road and post it and be like, Hey guys, like I'm doing this right with you. Like have a great weekend kind of thing. So hoping to inspire back at home, um, just trying to stay connected really. And, and that's what social media really is all about. I think there's ups and downs to social media. I go through moments with it. Um, but I really think it's a powerful tool to inspire people that are looking for an outlet or looking for inspiration or looking for ideas on things or like-minded people kind of thing. So, um, I love I've, that you were saying you were, yeah. you were traveling. So I guess you're feeling a bit alone and disconnected. And that was your way of reconnecting, which Reconnect. was really uh, resourceful of you. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I have a great family. I do have great friends, but it's different hey, when you're, you're one of I'm one of, yeah, there's six of us kids. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Wow. So you, all right. Okay. So you're one of six. You have one five six, siblings. Five siblings. Crazy. Um, so yeah. And everybody's at different stages of their lives. We range from my brother's 36 all the way down to 17. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Wow. We're a busy, busy bunch. Now we have little nieces and nephews that are just my little sweethearts, my little pumpkins. Um, so yeah. So yeah. So tell me more about the transition. Sorry. I, the transition into the business. So (laughs) huge inspiration came from, um, where I was at with work and wanting to feel good when I'm at work too. Like, I, um, went through the, you know, when you're on the road with work, you feel so like kind of just, you need to, um, step up more in a different way, going to events late night and getting up early and being on point where like I would be out late drinking, which is, you know, entertaining and then have to wake up for a meeting. But over time that wore on me and I'm like, I'm not showing up as my best self. Like, I feel like I'm missing good business opportunities and conversations feeling like crap the next day. How can I, what else can I do to shift my, um, my life on the road and how I approach that so that I can, you know, ultimately help my business more, help my corporate job business more. So that's kind of how this developed. And then, um, I started writing my ebook and it was kind of all my little philosophies and habits that I picked up on the road. Mm -hmm. Um, boundaries setting was a huge part of my writings during this, as far Mm -hmm. as you don't have to say yes to everything when you're on the road. If you're out at a business dinner, you do not need to say yes to the alcohol. You do not need to say yes to going for after drinks um, or even eating the food that's presented. It's a big thing for me too in my performance and where I want to be with my body that um, eating the the heavier meals late at night and all this um, doesn't make me ultimately feel strong the next day. Um, so I started building in those little practices, even setting bedtimes for myself, some capacity, just putting like a vision in my head on when I want to head back to the hotel. So I was writing all this down over time and kind of blogging privately about it, journaling, um, for a better way to say it. And then I was putting my ebook together 
on it and um, still formulating. I was calling it fit on the fly at the time. My amazing roommate helped me come up with that. It was so catchy. And I feel like it was such a good way for me to play with branding. You know, it encompasses travel, it encompasses fitness, and then you're always on the go. So there was like encompassing all these things. So wrote the ebook um, and then um, I wanted to, and then I did a little bit of shifting with the name because I kind of wanted to, button it up a little more. Right. Um, so the word sore came to me actually not even when I was thinking about it. It was oh, in yeah. like a, I was working on something else at, at work. And mm-hmm. I was like talking to a, a girlfriend and I kind of had that word in the back of my mm-hmm. head because I actually worked at an aviation company. Okay. So the word, you know, flying and yeah, sore was always kind of just like soaring in, high, soaring high yeah. taking off, you know, um, so this word sore kind of came to me one day. I was like, I think I want to tighten this up and rebrand it already in my <laughs> long process, but I ended up, um, calling it sore. So sore stands for strengthen, optimize, act and restore, which stand for things that I just think are so powerful with in whatever setting you're in, whether you are traveling for business, um, whether you are in your own personal fitness journey, um, so I just think it encompassed more of what I wanted to say and branding's right. huge when, um, it, that's why it's such a process with branding and creating your own businesses, because you want to get your points across very succinctly right. so that people aren't asking too many questions about it. <laughs> so, right, right. Um, it needs to be clear. Well, so they know what, yeah, so it's clear. They know what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So SOAR came about, put the it. ebook together. Yeah. Um, I had it all buttoned up, ready to go. So I have one uh-huh. question, yeah, yeah, question yeah. about the ebook. When you were, you said you were kind of like journaling privately. Yeah. Did you know that you were going to be journaling, that you were going to make it into an ebook? No. Or were you, no. I started Amazing. coming up with like, these are things that maybe I'll talk about it on social media one day, or mm-hmm. like, I just love to get my thoughts on paper. It's right, like part yeah. of my creative process. Sure. Like I'll be walking outside and a phrase will come to me. I'll be in the shower. I'm sure that's a yes. good place. When you're in the shower, you're like, oh, I hate that. I'm but- like, am I going to remember it when I get, the worst <laughs> is the sauna. Yeah. The sauna is the worst because it's one of the few times I can actually meditate because yeah. I have to take my hearing aids out. Oh. So, you know, so I can't like hear anything i don't want to bring my phone i feel like that they say you can but like i feel like it feeds her can't take anything to write you know it's gonna get wet and soggy like okay i can sit here and meditate and then i do and all these like creative flooding you know like overload flooding in and i'm like I'm not going to remember this. Yeah. Should I, Should I write this down? What do we do? No, Courtney, you're supposed to be meditating. You're supposed to be meditating. But this is what meditation is so powerful. I, I mean, you've heard this too. It's like when you're in stillness, yeah. everything can download into yeah. your brain. That's yeah. supposed to, right? Everything <laughs> finally comes the in. the antithesis of meditating to <laughs> be like, wait, no, that's bad. Stop doing that. <laughs> but I can't Stop help thinking. it. Yeah. yeah. But it's all a breath. Meditation is a whole journey. That, totally. Yeah. yeah. Like everything. But, like everything is. But so that's amazing. Yeah. You were, you were really just, this was really just your process, therapeutic process. Yeah. You were journaling. Mm-hmm. And then you realize, wow, I have all this great material. I think I have something here. So then I just, I was working with, um, I worked with a writer on kind of putting it together okay. just to help with it, help it flow better. Okay. So that's where it started to get fun. What I love so much about fitness and building a business and even working in the corporate world, collaborating with others that have just the the part of your brain that you don't have. Um, So we came up with some really great um, messages with throughout the book to um, put out there. So I'm really, really proud of it. My first take on things. So it has kind of the content piece on all my writings and how to set boundaries and different categories, all the healthy habits. And then I have kind of a library of workouts which um, it's divided up into, let's say you're traveling and you walk into, you don't know what you're walking into when you're traveling as far as hotel goes or what equipment they have. Totally. So I ended up coming up with the, the simple concept of, I have like, I think it's six different categories of situations, um, body weight situations. If you don't have any equipment, let's say right. you just have your hotel room. I have treadmill workouts, dumbbell workouts, um, I have um, kettlebell workouts Mm -hmm. and upper body and lower body. So I kind of divided it up for whatever situation you walk into in your hotel situation or travel situation. So um, they're quick. They're like 20 minutes. Okay. Um, I have, yeah. And then I filmed demos for them. So that was it. And then I have 10 minute yoga videos in there too. So that's amazing. It's a pretty um, comprehensive, comprehensive, 
first take on ebook and I think it took a lot of work and um I put it I wanted to put it out right before the quarantine hit and I was ready with this whole marketing like launch and I was like I can't wait to go all in with this and then um COVID hit Mm -hmm. and I was like OMG no one's traveling anymore right like what am I going to do with this it's all about traveling. Right. So, yeah. So literally like a week after I, I took a pause on it. I said, okay, I got to think about this from a business standpoint. People will be traveling at some point, but I want this to go out now. So what I did was I, I took about maybe two or three days to change the language of it okay. to open it up, to be more universal so that you can be fit anywhere. It's not just <laughs> right. travel. travel. So I opened yeah. up language, which is another kind of, um, kind of marketing strategy to your language is powerful. So I just went back through and opened it up more so that it's more universal and not so focused on just the travel, travel. but it can pertain to travel. It can pertain to if you're in your small apartment during Mm -hmm. quarantine, like nothing to do. Oh, do this body um, weight workout in the sore ebook kind of thing. So, so yeah, so that it came to that. And um, I ended up having it for the first part of quarantine as a freebie and people were using it throughout the quarantine for inspiration. So it ended up being kind of my freebie at first. And um, yeah, so that's kind of long story short, SOAR. And now I'm training um, um, individual clients on personal training. So the SOAR 12-week program, which I created, which encompasses strength workouts. Um, Depending on what level you're at, I work with beginners just wanting to come back into moving their bodies again, former athletes, um, people that want to identify with themselves in that way again, mm. people that want to find the yoga. So I have restorative yoga blended through, and then we kind of go through, through this discovery of finding what I call um, your new vibe. Mm-hmm. So how do you want to show up after you're done with the SOAR program? Oh, so I we work that. on kind of a goal statement, which is in the funny. end. I just going to ask you yeah. a question about goals. That's yeah. so funny. You're yes. reading my mind. Oh, okay. well, I can feel you. So <laughs> totally. yeah. So that's what we do. That's awesome. So yeah, so my question about goals is like you, you work with a lot of different modalities. Yeah. Um, like you personally, uh, yourself as an athlete, and then also with clients, you work with yes. yoga, you work with body weight stuff, you work with mm. kettlebell, dumbbell. Um, so like, I think it is important to have variety, mm. but for like, you know, nothing's quite as effective as progressive overload. And it doesn't matter totally. in what it is, like, totally. you, you know, but just continuing on. So I, I guess like, how do you balance that? And what do you think the importance of that is? Like, is it really important to mm. have kind of like one thing, pick like a couple of things and set the goals to, and work towards that target? Or, you know, do you think like, it's okay to just kind of like hop around and pick stuff mm. and yeah have to have an end goal and that's why we come up with our new vibe statement um everybody wants to reach something different in their lives goal setting wise so i have clients that are like i would like to lose weight right um then there's other clients are that are like I really need to show up for myself better. I have really poor self-judgment. My Mm -hmm. self-worth isn't there. Mm -hmm. So my new vibe statement, I want to work on those kinds of practices. Um, And with whatever situation that is, I approach it in through movement, you're going to be able to get there because movement provides adversity that you have to face yourself in different ways. And when you move your body and get those endorphins going and that adrenaline pumping, like getting your mind ready for that hard workout, it's like you're prepping yourself for real life. Absolutely. So with whatever goal they have, I know that they will find it in this program and we will uncover those things individually though. And everybody's journey is slightly different. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do have a structure and I make sure they have an end goal and we have metrics we work on that are physical metrics. Um, I don't measurable, measurable. Yeah, I do. Smart goals. Yeah. Smart goals. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to have those to see, I want to see how much stronger people are getting. Even, um, I'm sure you've talked to people that are like, if I'm not, or even for yourself, I used to have really hard goals on myself, but I used to say like, I need to lose five pounds by this time. Um, what I, how I restructure the mindset there. And I'm sure you're similar is like, when you are focusing on becoming stronger, 
all of the goals fall into place, you know? So I think it's good to have a time stamp on it. Just put it out there. Just so it's not so far far off that you don't don't work towards it. Totally, totally. But I'm like, if you're focusing on the strength and focusing on, on, um, you know, the max effort or whatever workout it is for that day, don't focus on, I have to work hard so that I lose this one pound this week. Right. It's like, let's just focus on the here and now being present, bust my ass in this workout, lift heavier. Let's mm-hmm. focus on that goal weight of the day kind of right, thing. Right. And your goals are going to fall into place when you're focusing on the bigger picture of it all like that. So I'm really curious about like people's perspective, like either for yourself or mm-hmm. people you've worked with on taking the focus off of something like, like I have to lose a pound this week yeah. and putting it more on a performance related kinds mm-hmm. of um, things yeah. like what, what have you seen or experienced I think people are uncomfortable with that really it's almost like they don't trust it at first okay you know so um it requires me to we do check-ins obviously in my program yeah. to check in on it sure. and to see what their mindset is like mm-hmm. um to gauge stress levels on that is yeah. huge because you know that if you're putting stress on your body you're creating more cortisol in your I body know. and you're holding your body holds on to it. So you ultimately with that, don't get closer to your goals either. Right. But people's reactions are, um, depending on where they are at, um, coming into the program sure. are very different. Um, if I have an athlete that is kind of in the mix of things, mm-hmm. you know, kind of is, um, can work out on their own, maybe have been exposed to that mindset. Obviously right, it's right, easier yeah. to get them back to having, um, it kind of enforcing that I hate the word enforcing, but like, just, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, enhancing that in their heads again, sure. but people are uncomfortable with it because I think our culture like puts that in people's heads that, um, you need to, you know, think that way to be successful or have right. that way of thinking to be successful. And like, what I anymore say is like, what's sustainable, like this is not a crash diet course. You've right. probably always done crash diets, right? Or not you, I'm saying yeah, you sure. as in yeah, my the clients, collective. the yeah, collective. Absolutely. So like- It's very much a part of our culture. It's yeah. a part of our culture. So let's find that ease, that balance, that, but it requires discipline, like I said, and it requires mm-hmm. discipline with your mindset. Um, that's another thing that we work on a lot is every week, a different mindset practice and different theme every week that we talk about to- and how it can relate to the program that we're in. That's amazing. I love yeah. it. When you see people have that shift, yeah. what what is that like? I love, so we um, are all in touch individually, of course, on an individual yeah. basis on an app that we're using. So I can oh. program their workouts in. Yeah. And um, after their workouts, um, they message me through this app. Mm-hmm. And I have the best feedback sometimes when clients come back to me and they're like, Oh, great workout. Sometimes, you know, but there's some people that come back to me that were like, I can't believe I just accomplished that workout that you wrote for me today. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like I'm on top of the world. I feel Mm -hmm. so good. Um, and usually that's every Saturdays I write like a longer workout where people Mm -hmm. have more time typically. Um, so usually after those like longer, kind of more like slow grind kind of workouts, people come back to me and they're like, that was incredible. Like Uh, I just did all of that. It was, you know, like an hour, hour, 15 minutes long, but I can't believe I, I accomplished that today. I feel freaking amazing. So it's like, and that's like the mindset of like, this is how we're going to work in whatever goal you want is by me giving you things that you think you can't accomplish and you face adversity and we're doing it, you know? Yes. And this is how we're going to do this. And then empowering, super empowering. So I think in finding individual, um, uh, people's empowerment, um, you can find that in a different way. Like you have to provide different things for people to tap into. Like I said, every workout right now that I'm Mm -hmm. writing for my private clients like this are people that, um, just want me to, you know, test their edge for the most part. So that's what I'm doing. I'm bringing it. Which is (laughs) awesome. And so I think so to use the word again, powerful, Yes. um, but I think it's really powerful in this time, um, because we're in a time where people really need to be able to adapt, where there's so much uncertainty, 
Um, and yeah, and I think this has been, 2020 has been a hard year for most people. Such a hard year. And I think for people to have tools where, you know, they are facing adversity and they realize they can do it. This is the thing that personally I love so much about movement is that it is just by nature, it's super empowerment, super empowerment. And it teaches you so much about what, how much you actually are capable of. Totally. I think people really don't. You know, like with movement, a lot of times I think, and I know this for myself, I've seen this with people I've worked with, you know, they look at something that seems totally impossible. Totally. You know, like I always use the example of a push-up when people come into CrossFit because a lot of beginners come into CrossFit and surprisingly, or maybe not so surprisingly to you, but that's actually the movement that's super daunting to a lot of people. They're like, I'm never going to be able to do like a full push-up, like, you know, on my feet. Totally. and I was like, you yeah, you will. Yeah. Maybe not today. Yeah. You know, and you start working on like the progressions. And when they start to see that they're going to be able to do this, like not even when they get there, but just that they're eight, that there's progress and they're going to get there. It, it's really amazing to watch how yes. exciting that is for people. Yes. Oh my gosh, this thing that I literally thought was physically impossible. And I have tangible proof totally. that I can do this. Yes. And I think that's just so uh, so powerful for life. It's not, totally. not just for, you know, the gym or totally. I do work in little like tests throughout my workouts too, yeah. each week for people that I think they need a little bit of a, you know, see like a max hold thing. Yesterday I gave a girl, how long can you hold a plank for okay. at the beginning of your workout and at the end of your workout, because okay. I knew that she could do it. She's actually recovering from a hamstring, um, injury. Okay. So I'm yeah. kind of being more creative sure. than normal with her, but, um, she couldn't believe she held it for that long Wow! right away. And I was like, of course, girl, like you're capable of so much. (laughs) We all have potential. I think I even told her this week on our call, this particular client that, and I forget where this stat came from. Maybe you can help me um, articulate it better, but it's like humans think they're reaching their potential, Mm -hmm. right? But in the grand scheme of things, it's only like 30 or 40% of their potential. Like when, just when yeah. we think we're reaching the top mm-hmm. of our potential, we, there's so much more room so to much more reach that we, can, that we I, can do. I don't know the stat, like the yeah. actual percentage on that, but I know we only use 10% of our brain, which is mind boggling. It's mind boggling. Yeah. It's a, probably the same, it's the same, like similar yeah. concept yes, just to exactly. put it in a visual yeah. sense of things is like. I just think that we're worth so much more. Even I was doing sprints last night by myself mm-hmm. and I was like, I know I'm not running that hard. Like, what the hell? Like, right. so I tried to run a little bit more faster yeah. because, um, cause I, I, we are all, um, have so much more potential than right. we do. And then when you're by yourself, it is more challenging. So back to your, the quarantine comments and how challenging mm-hmm. it's been, mm-hmm. we've all been in our heads so much. So I think we all, in the sense, totally. like our minds um, take over and, and we don't think that we can do a workout in our space because some our, our, super hard. Yeah. <laughs> you guys can't see it here, yeah. but I have a 106 pound kettlebell and did lots of variations of all sorts of things oh, yeah. for that. Oh my God. Um, and a lot of just body weight stuff, which is uh, for me interesting because like you and I've worked out together. Yeah. We've done CrossFit, we've done like the heavy lift yes. stuff. And I really, I love that stuff, but it's actually not my strong suit, like body weight stuff. And I didn't even realize how much it was when I started, um, when I first started CrossFit, like I would walk in and whenever it would be like a body weight day, people would comment. They're like, Courtney's here. It's a body weight day. And I'm like, is that like my thing? Yeah. Like, why, why is that a big deal? Totally. And apparently like relatively, like I was much stronger in body weight workouts. I really enjoyed them because we tend to like things that we're good at, you know? Um, And I never really feel, it makes sense with my gymnastics background, but so getting back to like my fairly small apartment, you know, I didn't have a whole lot of space and really, you know, I I try and amp it up with doing like ankle weight kind of stuff, but um, it was really, you get like eight pounds, like then you order them, they ended up being heavier than you thought they were. Yes, well, I, I, well, no, I had, I had one and a half pound ink waste, which, right. you know, three pounds total. Yeah. And I was like, this is really not cutting it. That's <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I gotta, like, yeah. we, we gotta up the ante oh, here. Yeah. So I went on, uh, I went on Amazon. Well, I went on everywhere, honestly, but there was like a massive, uh, 
shortage of any type of fitness equipment during the lockdown and so I I couldn't find ankle weights other than like one and a half pounds which I already had or one pound you know and so I found ones that were five pounds each and they're they're like the size of my I'm short but you know they're like they basically take out my whole shin and they're they're monstrous but they're hot pink which is you know awesome oh my and god I love it so I was doing burpees I know I remember that day because I'm all god your stuff is so great I'm so inspired I'm like how is she wearing those things man <laughs> and you're you're doing you do these um your pull-ups are insane with the weight and we Thank did that you. the other week where oh yeah what was the dumbbell yeah how much was your dumbbell that day it was 45 pounds 45 pound dumbbell in between your feet doing pull-ups we were doing um it was an e-mom we were doing an e-mom so yeah eight minutes yeah Yeah. what did I have I had like a oh I had a I did the plate with the belt around my waist that's right was it was it 10 it was maybe 10, 10 pounds it was 10 pounds yes, yeah 10 pounds but still that was good yeah. practice so awesome. inspired by you in that I want to keep you. doing that that Yay, stuff yeah. is so well, fierce when you get back we'll have to do that again oh we will oh, but yeah, so it was really interesting for me yeah. to get back to that kind of uh training and to feel the difference in like body weight stuff versus like you know lifting versus because which once the gyms opened up again, I actually didn't, I did a little bit of like jumping back into CrossFit, mm. but I actually started like lifting um, and focusing more on that. And uh, I don't know, all this to say, that. just, I think it's like really interesting. You work through all these different modalities and different training styles. Yeah. Do you have a personal favorite? Do you feel like certain things are better for something versus other things? Yeah. What do you I... recommend more for people? Mm. Yeah. I always recommend doing what feels good in your body and what do you want to target that day. So let's say okay. today, you know, it's your recovery day. I think there's always something to do in that, yeah. um, which could be yoga that day or a walk right. that day. There's always something to do. Yeah. But what do I love so much? I love, I love the movement that I do now. I think okay. because I've come to a place where I'm – tapping into um, the strength workouts and and accomplishing hitting Mm -hmm. numbers like I never thought I would, you know? That's so fun, right? Which is (laughs) so fun. And I've just been so, um, I'm really proud of myself for that. You know, like when you set a goal for yourself and you hit the number, like your hip thrusting that you've been working on. So fun. I'm working on my, all of my kind of heavier lifts right now yeah. too, which like I hit 190 back squat the Amazing. other week, one rep max. And I'm so proud to hit those metrics. So that's yeah. like one side of my fitness that I'm loving with heavy weightlifting. And we were talking about this the other day, you find like a meditative yep. way in I, weightlifting, I, yeah. which I just love that concept. I would love to chat with you more about that. Maybe totally. next time we can yeah. talk more about how the meditative And whenever state. I say that to people, they're yeah. like, lifting, meditating? I'm like, no, it actually is. Yeah, like, it really is. Yeah. There's something we'll about definitely, it. We'll, do, we'll do a chat Let's on Let's do like a, yeah, chapter two of this podcast or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the biggest discovery is like, I don't think that I would be where I am in my fitness and strength life yeah. if I didn't have the blend of yoga and restoring my body because That's of true. my past injury. Um, how do I recover from that? Yes. How do I implement recovery? Because recovery, if you are in any kind of, um, if you're any kind of athlete or a heavy lifter, or you love the hint- intense hit workouts, yeah. hour long workouts, whatever you have to recover more and more and more. It's going to make you stronger. People don't realize that that. it's the, just keep grinding, keep grinding. And it, and I love to study the nervous system and what it needs. So as far as sympathetic, parasympathetic, um, so tapping into yoga and breathing and breath work and all of that balances me out so much. So I'm, I'm everyone's always finding that perfect blend in their life. But right now I've in the past few years, I've learned that um, you have to listen to your body. There's a time to push yourself, but there's a time to pull back. So Absolutely. I think like you really got to find what your intuition says for you as a human, right. because your body's telling you something like we can always push ourselves more. And I think there are so many days to do that because yep. if you are disciplined, you have to do this and you have to stick with it. 
but then um, you have to be just as disciplined to do the yoga and slow stuff too. To, and I love that you yeah. say that, that that requires yeah. discipline too. Oh, it totally does. Yeah. It's hard to sit still. It's hard to do yoga. I'm a yoga instructor and it's hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I see the most um, shifts in my fitness outlook and strengthening outlooks yeah. than um, with, by doing the yoga, by slowing it down. Yeah, no, totally restoring. So I have one more question for you, yes. and then I'll yes. throw it back in your yes. court. Um, what would you say? So that's a really, I, I would say, pretty traumatic injury for somebody who's yeah. so young, totally yes. unexpected. Mm-hmm. I mean, you were running half marathons, mm-hmm. you know, and all of a sudden you're, you know, debilitated for eight weeks. Yeah. Um, what would you say was the biggest takeaway from, you know, having such a severe injury in a time when you're kind of like it? Prime of your life, you know. Mm-hmm. Listen to your body. Yeah, yeah. The biggest lesson: um, your body's always speaking to you, telling yeah. you something. Do you think that it was uh, not to be like super woo woo about it? But obviously, like there was a physical. Yeah. Uh, you know, you were. It was repetitive uh, yes. use injury. Yes. You yeah, know, you were running miles on end, doing totally. nothing else really, and then sitting in a desk or flying on planes. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, so there's definitely like the physiological side of that. But do you think that there was also, you know, a, uh, emotional because the mind body connection is so strong, like you were very stressed out and you were almost, you were saying you're forced to, to find stillness totally. through that injury. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So do you think that there is a tie to like the emotional state and yeah, big tie to the emotional state, because I remember what it felt like to not be able to do the things that I love. So, um, I, in a sense to appreciate movement so much. Oh, I love that. I love yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. I do. I, I do think about, um, others that can't move their bodies or have such limitations and are born with limitations as I know you've overcome just incredible things and it's beautiful to watch you. It's beautiful to watch the Paralympians that, um, that work through that for their lives. This is like, so I'm like, so, so grateful that I'm in this place. Yeah. And, and I don't take it for granted. Like I, that's why I love working out so much. People are like, why are you hitting the gym again? Mm -hmm. It's like, cause I, love it. It makes me feel on top of the world. And I love moving on my own. I love moving in the collective sense. Um, I love reaching new heights. I love, um, and I appreciate that about it. Yeah. But, um, and we, we have to be grateful. It sends out different vibrations in our bodies too, to do bigger things. And people see that too. Um, it's, going back to the ego thing, I used to have that. And when you become injured, or you go through something that shifts you dramatically. You don't forget how you felt when you were in that point yeah. of injury, you know, and when you were set back. And I know there are so many other people in this world that, you know, um, have lifelong injuries and, and some people that haven't made it out of those yeah. situations. And, um, I'm very sensitive to that. So yeah, I want to celebrate my body and celebrate my movement. And I do want to hit the gym and crush it, you know, yeah. when I'm out there, like it's, it's a celebration is what it is. I, I, yeah. I love that so ah! much. I'm like, yeah, really, the, the, the biggest takeaway from what you, all of what you just said is mm-hmm. how much gratitude you have. Yeah. And that, I think that that is so use word again powerful it is we'll, we'll say poussant that's yeah, another one of okay. my favorite i like it <laughs> basically mean powerful yes um but like it's just so uh it, it resonates so much for me you know mm. and i think it's something that is so valuable because when people have gratitude they that really to me this the key to progress to moving forward to totally is. you know to finding joy um oh my so gosh. yeah it's about joy it's yeah. about um, finding that deeper sense of self and self-worth yeah. and yeah. 
ultimately joy it comes yeah. down to if you're not loving what you're doing movement wise yeah it's kind of like anything really but anything. Yeah. yeah and i think movement does teach you that but i think so many people look at things especially in fitness but sir i think in all, all areas of life but i think fitness yeah. kind of is a metaphor and totally. people look at it as a chore it's something i have to do it's not a cel- it should be a celebration yeah. you know and it's not a uh you know, it's back to your original point about yoga, like it's not a mastery, like certainly right. set goals, you want to accomplish things and make progress. But, you know, it's more about you get there by celebrating what it is you can do. Totally. And it might so. be five minutes that day, you might yeah. like just do something that's it doesn't need to be an hour long. Yeah, move your body yeah, for a few. People. Move your body for no, a few. Yeah. Usually you'll want to move a little bit longer, which is yeah, the, the secret. It's true. like, okay, I'm just gonna go to the gym for 15 minutes on the bike and then you're like oh my gosh it's a half hour half hour. yeah oh my gosh now I feel like I can lift and do crunches for 10 more minutes or something and it keeps, keeps you know going. so but it doesn't need to be that long every day no yeah. but I am going to and you've given me so much of your time oh, I know you need to wrap it up so much but I want to, if you have any last things you want to say yeah um, and uh tell people where to find you I'll have links you know but just for now like, yeah well I'm just in this big phase of transition yeah and I think this is the year of um kind of being put obviously in the uncertain uncomfortable but I think this is a really defining year for people so whatever it is that you may have been wanting to do um thinking about um you know Maybe you've just been like literally dreaming about it. Yeah. Now's the time to take action on it. And whatever that is, maybe it's a little baby step. Maybe right. it's healing something within you. And that is a sometimes a lifelong journey. But how can we move ourselves one baby step closer? Because we only have one freaking life. We have one life right. here on this earth. Um, so we need to um, realize that we are worthy and to do the things that we love and let's get ourselves there. Yeah, yeah. I love it. It's awesome. So tell us where, where yes. we can find you. And she's awesome. You should definitely oh, follow thank her. You. Thank you. Yes, um, at Kat Zazon on Instagram. And I have a website, katzazon.com. Um, you can learn a little bit more about the SOAR program. And I think that's all I got. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a lot. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.